Are you ready to connect? This is the Empower Connection Podcast, where we empower our listeners to connect more fully to themselves, to each other, and to something greater. We do this with the help of myself and special guests, including healers, coaches, artists, seekers, and those on a healing journey of self-growth. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Connection Podcast. This is Damodar Cordua, your host, relationship coach, and counselor, life coach, and yoga and yoga wisdom teacher. Grateful to be here as always. Thank you so much for your time. And if you've been listening to the podcast and you've been enjoying it, you've been getting some value from it, and you're bringing some of these lessons and these tools back into your life to empower yourself and your relationships, then please give us a five-star rating on your Apple podcast or Spotify, maybe a couple words of encouragement if you're enjoying the show. And then also spread the word, share an episode with a friend. There's lots of episodes with wonderful themes for so many aspects of our life, our relational life and our spiritual life. So feel free to share it with your loved ones. And finally, reach out to me if there's any topics that you'd like the show to cover. If there's any guests that you're really interested in having on the podcast, I'm really open to your suggestions. Today is going to be a solo podcast episode, and it's something I've been just thinking about. I'm just going to dive in. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, and it revolves around needs, neediness, to be a needy person. In our culture, especially in the West, neediness is pathologized. To be needy is to seem weak. We really would not want to be called needy. Right. It's generally seen as pejorative, as an insult, as something that we don't want to, to have, to be, to embody in our lives. And this comes from the Western ideal of rugged individualism, which I'm going to say is a myth, is a fallacy. And I'm assuming, I'm not a historian, but I'm assuming a lot of these ideals started early on in you know, the scientific revolution and industrialism, and then the founding of America and so many people coming, so many immigrants, my, my own family coming here for a better life and saying, well, if I just work hard, I, me, I, my own self with my willpower, I can make a better life. So that's created this idea in American culture specifically, but I think in Western culture generally, because this culture you know, has had a, a large effect on the rest of the world, that we are self-made people, that I can do, it's all me. I can do this. I can do that. And I don't need anybody else. You don't need anybody else. We don't need anybody else. All you need is your fucking self. And that's, um, that's sort of a lie. I guess it's not sort of a lie. It's a, it's a big lie. Not to say there's not some positive aspects, right? To the idea of individualism, meaning, well, there's some self-responsibility and self-accountability interwoven into this mythology. So before I go on, perhaps it's beneficial to take some of those ideas from that are within rugged individualism, self-accountability, self-responsibility, uh, willpower, discipline, meeting our goals, right? These are things that I would talk about in my coaching work to take them into our lives. But then if we zoom out from there, we really zoom out, we'll start to see that we are so inherently, inherently the dharma, as they say in yoga philosophy, meaning the essence of who we are is needy. 
is interdependent because if we zoom out, we start to see, man, well, you know, if I go outside, if I, I need air every day to breathe, I don't even really think about it because I'm just doing it unconsciously, but I need this air to breathe. And that air is dependent on other beings in this world coexisting in such a way that the air is present and safe enough for me to bring into my lungs. Right. Same thing with water. I need to drink a certain amount of water every day. I live in a desert. That fact, that, that stark reality stares me in the face every time I wake up. And I think, well, there's a lot of conditions that have to occur for drinkable water to stay on this planet. And that's actually in question right now. That's something that many of us are, are worried about, concerned about. The food that I eat, there has to be some ecosystem of interdependent beings that allow for soil to bring forward certain foodstuffs that I would eat in order for me to get through the day and survive in the physical sense. And I'm dependent on them. I need those elements to be working. Even if I'm growing my own food, I need the sun. I need a certain amount of water. I need the elements in the soil. I need the, the bugs to pollinate. I need the um, nutrients. I need all these things that I cannot just create with my two fingertips by snapping them. So the same is true in our relational life. We are needy people. And this may be challenging for you. This may um, rub up against you in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. You might be under the belief that, you know, I'm not a needy person. Uh, this is especially true in male culture or those who identify as male. In that culture, that pathologizing of neediness is a, is a pathology. Right. So when you hear this podcast and you hear, oh, you know, I am a, I'm needy. I have needs. It might, it might kind of rub up hard against you. Right. That might be something difficult for you to accept. And in relationship, there's often people out there who feel like it's not about me needing something from another person. As long as I can take care of me, as long as I can be good in my own self, then that's what matters. And that, from a relational standpoint, all the relationship research, especially within the realms of neurobiology, so hard science, says that that is not true. When we get into a partnership, that actually starts to mirror our fundamental, at least the fundamental in this human body and mind, needs to, to pair with someone. Early on, it was our primary caregivers, and now later on, it is an adult. And within that pairing, Literally, our emotional sense, our emotional state, and our neurobiology crave certain things from that other person in order to feel okay, in order to feel whole, to feel held, to feel good, to feel like we can survive. And then what I'm going to argue to thrive, because you can be in a relationship and not get a lot of your needs met. And you could have your real, real basic needs, which is number one, there's an attachment, right? There's someone here who's around who's given me some basics of connection and I can to some degree feel okay in who I am. I can feel like I can express myself. So those are two real basic needs in a relationship that I talk about on a previous podcast. And that's episode 11, that dynamic between belonging, feeling attached to someone or a group of people, and then feeling like we have the ability to express ourselves as individuals. So maybe you get those basic needs met-ish with another person. But for us to really thrive in relationship, I'm going to give you 
four other ways. This is something some of my teachers have bestowed upon me, and it's been really helpful in my own relationship and in my coaching work with others, with individuals and with couples. So this can be a template within which you can start to see what are, how would I frame my needs? And again, I'm going to argue to those of you out there who are resistant to your own fucking neediness that if you try this out, if you really take the time to look at this and say, yeah, these are important things for me. And I can see when they're in my life, they're going to allow me not only to be around someone, but they're going to allow me to really grow and go deep in my connection and in my possibility. This might be hard for some of us because again, our experiences because of our culture have said that being needy is not right, is incorrect, or others in our lives have bestowed and perpetuated that myth. Or if we go into the attachment style realm, we might have more of an avoidant attachment style, which the avoidant attachment style definitely creates more space and um, normalization and soothing within the realm of being alone and being independent. And that's another subject um, that I touched upon a, a little bit in some of my previous episodes, but I'll have a whole solo episode on attachment styles as well. I touch upon the attachment styles in episode nine on the Empowered Connection podcast, three things you can do as an individual to create more success and resilience in your relationships, learning about attachment style. But let's get back to these ways that were needy and a template from, from which you can more clearly see what your needs are in relationship, especially in partnership. So for us to feel in our nervous system, in our body and our mind, that this relationship not only allows me to live day to day, but allows me to feel, as one of my teachers would say, I have a, a home base or a landing pad, right? A place to feel like I'm I'm held, I'm good, I'm okay, and a place where we can feel like it pushes us forward out into the world to, to be our best self, to do our best work, to face the challenges of the day-to-day. -day. That is, from my point of view, what we really want in our relationships, right? So you can meet some basic needs and not get that. That is 100% for sure. So if you're someone who's rubbing up against this and you're like, I'm, I'm an individualist, I don't, I, don't, I don't have any needs in this relationship, uh, you're going to come across some difficulty here, some challenge, and I challenge you to look deep inside. And I also challenge you to, to hear that if you're saying you don't have needs and you're also by default saying other people don't have needs, aren't interdependent. And as I talked about right at the beginning of the episode, that is a fallacy, man. If you zoom out, you're going to see that it's not correct. There's always been entities there for you in your journey just allowing you to drive a car somewhere, right? Just allowing you to get some food so that you can move forward and survive day to day. I'm not trying to like, you know, rant here against you rugged individualists, so to speak. I like, I keep using the word rugged. I find it kind of funny. <laughs> it sounds so old school. But I think a lot of us, I know I have some of these traits in my own self. I know a lot of us have these traits. I'm going to ask you to start to question them a little bit. Okay. And this is going to be a way to do so. So for us to thrive in our relationships, let alone survive, underneath what needs you might have are these four principles. Number one is to feel safe. I need to feel both physically and emotionally safe. If we look into the work of neurobiology and attachment science, it shows us that 
for us to be able to thrive in our lives, we have the need to feel like we're in a, in a setting that can make us feel okay. And I don't even mean physically just okay, like we have a roof over our head, but or, or we're not being abused physically, but that we can also feel emotionally okay most of the time, that we're not being emotionally abused, that we feel safe with this person. And, and also that could mean safe, meaning that the relationship is not under threat, not just safe that this person is not going to hurt me, but that this relationship is not under threat, that this person is not going to just get up and leave or pull the rug out from underneath of me. Number two, to feel seen. Now, this person sees me. They hear me. I have the feeling of being accepted here. And, you know, of course, in life with our loved ones, yeah, we might get judged. <laughs> we might not always get be accepted by our loved one. That's for sure. But most of the time, right, 70% of the time, I feel like my loved one, my partner sees me, accepts me and holds me and hears me. And number three is soothed. This is the idea that in the relationship, my partner knows me, knows what knows what I need, knows how my, how my nervous system works, knows what uh, triggers me, knows what, knows what is too intense for me, knows what's difficult for me, knows what I have a hard time with, knows when I'm not doing well, knows when I'm getting emotional, knows, et cetera. And they have some capacity to soothe me in my distress. If you're overly individualistic, you might be thinking, Oh, that sounds like codependency. Well, actually, at the same time, I teach not only are we there to help soothe each other mutually, which means it's not codependent because both people are both partners are giving that soothing to each other, but we also learn in relationship to soothe ourselves. So that's your part, the individualist part. But it's real important, uh, and a lot of us didn't get this from our family of origin, to have a partner that sees us and is able to soothe us a little bit is able to be like, it's okay. This creates that safe space, that coming home to a, from a world that's difficult so that we can feel held and then we can get stronger, right? So this is about empowerment. It's not about being weak. We all have needs. We all rub up against difficult things in life. We all feel our nervous systems shouting out. And so the skill here or the root of a need is I can feel soothed by this other person. And then finally, I can feel supported and challenged, meaning this person is here to support me and they're here to say, hey, like, I want you to be your best self. And I think relationships, that's why they're so beautiful is inherently those two elements are happening at the same time. You're feeling that deep nurturing support so that you can be your best self and go out there. But also you're feeling like, okay, this person's pushing some of my buttons in a positive way, or they're, or they're calling me forward. So for you to establish what your needs are, I'm going to ask of you to use this as a template. For example, we could ask, what do I need in this relationship with this other person to feel safe? What do I need in this relationship with the other person to feel seen? What do I need in this relationship with this other person to feel soothed? And what do I need in this relationship with this other person to feel supported and challenged. So this could be, again, if, if you're in a relationship with a partner and you're saying, you know, I need a certain amount of money week to week, year to year, that could sound confronting, but perhaps underneath of this need is the need to feel safe. Maybe there's a certain safety in earning a certain amount of money to you know, have 
a roof over the, our heads, to have health insurance, to have the things we need to feel safe day to day. Or I need you to hold me when I'm under a lot of stress and duress, right? Someone might say, oh, that's so needy of you. But if we look at these four pillars, right, or these four essentials, this could be under soothed. I need to be soothed. Or we could say, honey, I need you to listen to me, not always try to fix me or run away from what I'm saying or rescue me or kind of like push down or kill my experience. I need you to listen. And that is under the principle of being seen. We really need to be seen by our loved ones. So I'm going to invite you to take some time and list your needs. You can do it two ways, actually. You can list what comes up as your needs, just kind of brainstorm what I need in a relationship and then see which of these they fall under. Or you can start with these principles and then this might be the better way, but you can try both. Start with these four principles and then start to put forward what you need from your partner or your most intimate loved one based upon these four principles. And then after you do that, I'm also going to invite you to just play around. Is there anything else you need, right? There might be some other needs in the relationship that are corollary to these four principles. And if you're wondering what some needs might be, some examples of these needs that will connect to these four principles, here are some examples and you could play with them and see which ones that they connect to. I need monogamy. I need to have children. I need a partner from my own cultural background, my own race, my own religion, or my own spiritual belief. I need a partner, like if you're listening to this podcast, who is into self-growth and self-development. I need a partner who loves to travel, who travels, we, we travel regularly together. I need to live in this exact location in my partnership. I need to have a partner who's got a vocation, a purpose, a job, uh, more than that, you know, something that drives them, something they're passionate about that wakes them up in the morning and, and, and gives them a lot of passion to serve in this world. So there's a lot of needs that you might not even have explored because you might feel afraid to be needy, or you might feel afraid to show your partner your actual neediness. So this is why I love the concept of needs, because if we zoom out, as I said, in the beginning of the episode, we all have them. And if we tune in, we can start to feel clearly within our bodies and minds, what is going to really give us the lives that we want, right? This is not, is not about saying, as I said earlier, the need that our needs are bad. It's about seeing that our needs are going to give us the lives, the partnerships, the purpose, the empowerment that we want in our lives. So take some time today and list your needs. It could be confronting. I just did this um, recently and some of the needs that came up surprised me and they also challenged me to ask for them in my relationship. And guess what? That's going to be the next podcast episode is we're going to talk about how do we ask for what we need challenging space. So this might be challenging for you. And then furthermore, I'm going to ask you not to get alarmist here, because if you're in an unhappy relationship, you might run the risk of going in the opposite direction and saying, well, I, I, none of these needs get met. So I'd like you to also hold more space to see 
how some of them might be actually being met in ways that you don't, you're not seeing. And at the same time, also really hold yourself accountable and hold the relationship accountable for where, yeah, this is not being met, this deep need of mine. And I'm staying in this relationship regardless. Are you okay with that? Is that the life you want to lead? Is that the relationship you want to have? Big questions. Or is it okay? Is it negotiable? One of my teachers would call this figuring out our non-negotiable needs. These are non-negotiable. Some of them might be negotiable. So that could be also another way to further this exercise is to list two sides you know, and a line in between which ones are negotiable, these needs, and which are non-negotiable. And if you want to wonder how they are, what decides, go back to these four principles. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and it was some value to you in your relational life. I work with individuals and couples quite a lot. This is my, my dharma. This is the essence of, of what I do in the world. And I would love to work with you if you want to go deeper into your own self, your own possibility your roadblocks, your empowerment, and in your relational capability, conscious communication, emotional intelligence, and deeper connection. So of course, reach out, send me a message, DM, and we can start your own coaching journey. Uh, it's like a retreat, like a nice retreat into a tropical paradise, <laughs> into your own self. And if you enjoy this podcast, please check out my Instagram account, at empowerconnection.me and get daily content, inspiring reels on self-growth, relationships, and spirituality. And if you want to up-level your life and you're into the yoga asana practice, I'm running a yoga teacher training in Philadelphia starting in September of 2022 with MJ Hart in Philadelphia over eight months it is called Empower and Evolve 200-hour teacher training because it is about empowering and evolving not just our yoga, but all aspects of who we are. So it's really a conscious community and container of self-growth, of deepening understanding of who, who and what we are in all levels, physical, mental, and spiritual. So you're going to come out of it on the other side. Um, quite transformed. So if you're interested, check out the show notes for more information. Otherwise, thank you for listening. And thank you for giving some of your time. Really appreciate you. And I hope to connect with you if you're a listener soon. Otherwise, until then, take one step, a baby step, a big old step to connect more deeply with yourself, with others and with something greater. Peace.